West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of eloquentonline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your banking brand or any brand for that matter were a band would you leave the audience wanting more? But a couple times a year, we step aside from our normal format, and one of those days is Veterans Day. I want to start by wishing everybody, all the veterans in the United States, past and present, a happy and blessed Veterans Day. This Veterans Day show actually started 10 years ago. We've been doing this show for 12 years but we started doing the Veterans Day special. It's a banking show, and of course, Veterans Day is a federal holiday, and so we would typically record the show around Veterans Day. We're actually recording on Veterans Day this year. But our first guest, if you have one of these restaurants in your city or town, it's Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. Now, I've never had the frozen custard, but I have had the very best patty melt that I've ever had at Freddy's. And when we had him on the show 10 years ago, he told me that was his favorite menu item as well. Well, Freddy was a World War II veteran who has since passed away, but I went back and listened to his show, and he had a list of some things that he had learned in the military that he had used throughout his life to become a successful entrepreneur, building the business that is Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. And I wanted to listen to just a little bit of that. We asked him, hey, what are some things that you learned in the military that you've applied in your professional life? First, love, obey, and thank your parents and teachers for your success. Two, smile, even though get, times get tough occasionally. It is a proven fact that smiling adds at least seven years to your life and wins friends. Three, work hard and study hard in the future. You obviously have, I've talked to some students, and this is, you obviously have up to now, so keep it going. Be prompt. People do not like to wait. From the very beginning, just demonstrate solid work ethics in your job or profession. I'm very proud of my sons and daughter for their work ethics. I hear that on the street all the time. Take a few lessons in public speaking, regardless of your major. I wish I would have. Well, Freddie passed away in October of 2020, and his brand is still out there. It opened in 2002, so to have so many stores all across the country is a testament to the very things that he believed in, and his stores continue to be a reflection of that, as well as as his commitment to patriotism, and I think that's great. So that was 10 years ago, and listening back to that show got me thinking about how I wanted to do the Veterans Day show this year. And we've had some great shows with pilots and people that fought in different conflicts. But I wanted to go back and talk to some of the gentlemen that I served with and ask them the same question. How did that time in the military impact them as they moved on with their life after the military? And so that's what I want to do this year on the Veterans Day special. We're going to be visiting with three very dear friends of mine. My military career is kind of bifurcated into two parts. When I joined the Army in 1986, it was the Cold War, and then I was recalled for active duty during Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm, where I served in the Gulf War in 1991, the last war America definitively won. I was on the field in the last two American victories, the Cold War and Desert Storm, the Gulf War, and I'm very, very proud of that. I don't celebrate my birthday, but I do think Veterans Day is a big deal. I come from a military family, and I'm very, very proud 
of that culture and the fact that I continue to maintain a certain military bearing that certain people just never lose. So after the break, we're going to be talking to three veterans, starting with my good friend, Lieutenant Mike Alonzo from the Kirby Police Department. Then we're going to talk to my buddy, Eric Rothschild, and then my first and only roommate in the Army, James, a.k.a. Jimbo, Connecticut, Banola. And we're going to do it all right after this. I drive a million miles to be with you tonight. If you never served, you'll never know. And if you did, you'll never forget. Happy Veterans Day 2022. This we'll defend. On December 26, 1990, I was recalled to active duty in the United States Army in support of Operation Desert Shield. Less than a month later, I would find myself on the business end of the biggest show on earth. Half a million Americans in the desert ready to square off against the so-called great Iraqi army. During COVID-19, I did a special spot podcast series called Thunder and Lightning Operation Desert Storm to talk about that experience. But when I listened back to it, I was worried that it sounded like we had too much misplaced bravado. The word that kept popping into my head was that it was so cavalier. We were so cavalier about everything. But in reality, that's exactly how we were. And I asked my battle buddy from that war, who is now lieutenant with the Kirby Police Department, we really didn't think anything was going to happen to us. Exactly how we felt. I mean, everybody, you know, saying that the Iraqi army was the seventh largest army in the world. Um, but I mean, what have they actually done in the stalemate with the Iranian army, which isn't a great army to begin with. So I wasn't really worried that there were going to be much of a threat of anything, to be honest with you. Yeah, I feel the same way. Now, today, even as we're doing the interview, you're out at the range. You've been with the Kirby Police Department for how many years? Uh, 22 and a half years. Um, wow. I'm a lieutenant over patrol and CID, and I'm also the, the lead firearms um, range master. So I'm actually qualifying two officers at the range right now. It, it, on this show today, we're interviewing two people that I served with at Fort Ord, California, and one of our one of the company commanders in that battalion was a guy named Captain Grossman, who you met. Yeah, he wrote a famous book yes. called On Killing, and, and you actually met him. So we do have a bit of a connection between yourself and my Fort Ord buddies. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, I, I was involved in an officer-involved shooting, and um, when I read his book, it brought a lot of light into what I was, what I was feeling mentally about my shooting. Um, to know that, hey, I'm, I'm good. You know, there's, there's no reason to feel bad about what happened. I mean, it is what it is. And um, I went to a conference, and he was actually talking. So I went up there and bought the same book over again, plus another book, because I wanted him to sign them, and I told him about my experience. And um, he took the money right out, of, right out of the bag and gave it right back to me and said, I, I, I ain't wow. taking your money, and signed both of them and took a picture with him. And it was really, really good to meet somebody who um, – had a lot of knowledge in, in, that, in that field and, and showed that he cared, actually. And then, like you said, you find out that you, yeah, he was actually a company commander. It was actually pretty cool, you know. He was one of them, and he was a very interesting, eccentric, highly intelligent guy. I got to know him very, very well down at Light Leaders Course at Fort Benning at the Infantry School. And he showed me how to roll my Gore-Tex hood down, uh, and I wear all my hoodies that way to this very day. So it's just one of the funny things that I remember about him. Whenever I put on a winter jacket that has a hood, I roll it really tight 
just the way he showed me. If you're interested, the book is called On Killing by Dave Grossman. Finally, I asked Mike, did the time in the military provide a great foundation for your career in law enforcement? Yes, extremely. It, 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 showed, it gave me the foundation as far as, I wouldn't say so much leadership, but as far as just presence, as far as my mental attitude, um, and just just a good foundation to build on. The military gives you that that foundation, even towards leadership, um, as being a specialist and stuff, and, and being able to teach some courses. Um, it, it gave me a really good foundation to build on. Well, it was an honor to serve with Mike, and I'm glad he's patrolling the streets of Kirby, Texas, a place that I'm very familiar with. I went to Kirby Elementary, Kirby Junior High School, and Vacation Bible School at Kirby Baptist Church. So the citizens of Kirby are in good and safe hands because uh, Mike was one of the best soldiers I ever served with. He had two of those redeemable qualities that you want. He never complained. And he was always reliable. Now I want to go out to Arizona and talk to my good friend, Eric Rothschild. He did one tour in the United States Army and has since gone on to be a small businessman and an entrepreneur. He owns a gym in Arizona. He is a fitness guru and he looks like a fitness guru. And I started by asking him, did your time in the military prepare you for life as an entrepreneur and a business owner? Yeah, I mean, 100%. Um, Jason, thanks for having me on. Great to be on with you again. And, uh, man, crazy to think, you know, we've been friends now, what, 35, 36 years, going back that yeah, long. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Our four-door four days. Um, <laughs> I would say, honestly, for the last 20 of those, I, I've really been an entrepreneur and a small business owner. And, um, you know, from creating, you know, multiple kind of protein drinks to now opening my own gym here recently. And without a, without a doubt, everything goes back really <laughs> Um, for me, because as a, I'm a boxing trainer, a personal trainer, I'm an athlete, I still play a lot of sports. So all of that mentality, it just all goes back to, you know, me joining the military. It wasn't something that I thought I was going to do out of high school. You know, I went into college, didn't do so well by myself, figuring out what I'm going to do. And um, I think at that point, I just realized that sometimes you have to make tough decisions and you have to follow through on those tough decisions to get to where you want to be or strive to be in life. And for me, where I grew up and how I grew up in a non-military family, for me to go that route was completely different. Um, and one that really I, I was unforeseen, but it was the best move that I could have made for myself. Over 30 years later, it's very common for military people to look back and romanticize their years in the Army. But in reality, it was very romantic. Uh, we traveled a lot of places. Eric and I went to Panama and Australia, places that you never dreamt that you would go growing up in the suburbs outside of San Antonio, Texas, or in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in Eric's case. And I told him, I said, I asked him, I said, when you think about all those experiences, it is romantic. It does change you for the rest of your life, doesn't it? Yeah, there's no, no doubt about that. You know, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and here I find myself stationed in Monterey, California. I can see the barracks. <laughs> I mean, the Pacific Ocean from my barracks, you know? So, and, and then obviously meeting great friends like, you know, you and, and Jimmy B, who's going to uh, be up, you know, going to talk to you here soon. Um, you guys were roommates that lived across the hall from me. And, um, you know, like I said, 35 years later, we're still, you know, having conversations and talking. You build lifelong bonds and form relationships and friendships. But, you know, I really go back to now when I'm actually training kids 
Um, I love telling people to do push-ups because, you know, I had enough of them in basic <laughs> training. I feel like I'm able to give back as a trainer now. But, uh, you know, I always just tell people that, listen, man, the only thing stopping you from doing anything is you. Um, and it's just one of the things that kind of in the military, you, you don't, you know, you have control over how you are in the military, but, man, people are controlled over you, right? you told what to do, where to go, when to be there, how to be there. And you learn to follow orders. You learn to do your job correctly. Because if you don't do your job correctly, the next man can't or woman can't do theirs. Um, so I just like lessons that I feel like I've been able to incorporate into, you know, uh, athletic, sports, training, the things that I've kind of pursued in life. Next, we're going right down the road, Interstate 35, I believe, out to Joint Base Fort Sam Houston. Uh, this is a gentleman I met uh, the second day I got to Fort Ord, California. You heard Eric talking about him being my roommate. Uh, you talk, heard Mike talking about Desert Storm. Our next guest, Jim Benola. Benola! He served in the Cold War military. He served in Desert Storm, and he served in all of the deployments after September 11th, a prestigious military career, highly decorated guy. I'm proud to say he was my first and only roommate in the Army. Hey, Jim, welcome to the Power Performance Veterans Day special. Wow, Jason. Uh, so exciting to hear you and Eric. And uh, it seems like 35 years ago at Planet Ord and all the trouble that we got into. So it's uh, really <laughs> great hearing both of your voices. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> After I did the Desert Storm podcast, I did another special podcast series called Light Fighters, The Last Foot Soldiers of the Cold War. And one of the people I met at Ford Ward once told me, the Army, they dress you the same, they shave your head, and they say go. Jim kept going for 26 years. He started off as a private, but he ended up as a? Uh, I finished as a first sergeant, yeah. My career ended, believe it or not, as the Brook Army Medical Centers and the Great Plain Regions Inspector General. So it was a, a very interesting career. I also did time for three different deployments and also being a, a recruiter. So I had a little variety of everything in my almost 26-year career. Wow, 26 years. I didn't know it was that many years. Now you're retired. You're into a lot of great Stuff. I know you're big time into softball, but you heard Eric talking about how he lived across the hallway from us. And I always go back to this. When I, when I think back to my time at Ford Ward, and there were so many great deployments and so many great trainings that we went on. But when I really think back on it, I remember you and I became roommates right away. And we, we brought that sofa up from downstairs and put it in our room and then we added a fridge and then we added a microwave oven and then we added a television and later a VCR and our room really became the family room for that upstairs group of soldiers and for whatever reason when I think back on those days I just think about the the basic Thursday evening when we're up there having fun getting ready to go to the enlisted club but our room really was the the, the hub the family room of that of that building wasn't it you know it's funny that you say that because truly it was you know it's 35 years later and then during covid i believe that same room we had that same room turned into my party garage for the neighborhood <laughs> where it seemed like the whole neighborhood was getting together and that same concept and i tried to figure out how come that happened? And now bringing back that memory makes sense that Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, everybody from the neighborhood 
would come over and we would watch football and just break bread and just talk about the good times. So those memories we had at Fort Ord, um, especially for myself, was they were just they're irreplaceable. Um, they're memories that last a lifetime, and there's no money that could pay for those memories. It's a time, those three years, I will cherish forever. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, you think one of the things I loved about the dynamic in the Army, and I was always very aware of it when I was experiencing it, that you could take people that seemingly had nothing in common. You were from New Britain, Connecticut. I was from San Antonio, Texas. You were Italian. I was Hispanic. You were a Yankees fan. I was a Red Sox fan. And yet we just hit it (laughs) off. You know, we managed to get along. And, you know, there were plenty of guys that didn't like their roommates, and that had to be terrible. But we just hit it off straight away, and I think maybe that's, that dynamic is what created that. I always refer to it as a family room, the way we had a family room in my home growing up in the suburbs outside San Antonio, Texas. And it is, it's interesting that when I think back on it, with all the great stories you could tell about the, the, tro- the soldiering and the professional soldiers and the training that we did at Fort Ord in the light infantry, uh, it, it just when I think back on it, I can just see us all sitting around Somebody on the couch, somebody sitting on the bunk beds, watching football, watching television, um, probably enjoying one too many adult beverages. But, hey, we were young, and it really was a great time. Oh, those uh, those memories, like I said, were priceless. And, you know, for me, there are so many memories um, from Fort Ord and really not sure how many are PG rated. Um, But one that always sticks sticks out is that one we (laughs) Well, it always sticks out and went to Panama. And, you know, we, we go to Panama, and I don't know, it's like we flew forever. We, we get off, we're going over to the Jungle Operation Training Center, and, of course, everything with the military, hurry up and wait. Of course, we're late. Um, nothing ever changed in the 26 years. Uh, you were there 10 hours early just to leave two hours late. So we go ahead, and we're sitting there, and we get off, and – I don't remember what time it was, but it had to be a Friday or Saturday night. It was hot and humid. And then all of us, they pack us into these, those multicolored festive school buses. That's all it was was a school bus that was painted in a hundred different colors. And they had nothing but the locals on there playing their local uh, Spanish music. And we were jamming and it was like, we were going to the club only to get dropped off to, you know, go do training. But it was like, Probably one of the best bus trips ever. I know my bus was live, and I was like, the only thing we were missing was alcohol, but we were just going to train. And like you said, it's just all walks of life, all walks of life just having a good time. And I think that was just the interesting about Ford Ord um, and and what we had there. Uh, But that is one memory that I always relate to that always just brings back a good, positive vibe of what the Army was like. And although Jim spent 26 years in the military, I was so gratified to hear that those early years at Fort Ord are among his very favorite. Oh, it truly was, Jay. There, like I said, there are, there are so many memories, but I just think overall for me and my military career that those three years at Fort Ord, I would say in a garrison-type environment, 
it never got any tougher than what it was like at Ford Ward because I believe we trained so hard. Um, we were always there. We were from doing PT in the morning to all our field training exercise to anything we did um, and the lack of time that we had. So when we did have three or four days off, we partied. But it never got any harder anywhere in my 23 years left that I had in my career after those three years at Ford Ward. But when you look back at it, I don't think it was really hard. I just think because we formed such a, a bond with each other that it made it really um, easy to get through the day-to-day life that we had. Well, Jim is very right about that. The training at Ford Ward was continuous and it was rigorous. My friends from high school didn't really understand what I did. And when they would ask me when I was home at leave, hey, what do you do all day in the Army? I would answer. I'd say, we practice killing people. That's exactly what we did. And it was hard, hard training in the light infantry. I was struck by something from early on when I met Jim that has continued to this very day. He doesn't call me Jason. He calls me Jay. Everybody in my family calls me Jay, and so it speaks to that familial closeness that we developed as roommates in the Army, just very, very dear friends, and I also cherish those three years at Fort Ord as the the most enjoyable part of my military career, despite just how tough the training actually was. Today, when you see soldiers in uniform, you will notice their patches are Velcroed. That was not the case back in the 1980s, and so I had to ask Jim, since he spent 26 years in the military, would he please tell the audience who was the first soldier in the history of the American military? military to use Velcro on his uniform. Do I really have to admit to this on the radio or the podcast? Uh, but yes, it, it would be one each, uh, Jason. Is it Diaz or Diaz? I still don't know the Diaz, correct yes. pronunciation. Say, I know. Nobody does. <laughs> but yes, it was you, Jay. It was you. Yes. You should have invented it. You'd be rich right now. You'd be good. I should Always ahead of your I time, was all over Jason. There. Eric would actually go on to be the best man at Jim's wedding. And when I think about all the evenings and afternoons that we spent together, it occurred to me that the three of us had not had a conversation together in over 30 years. And that fact was not lost on Eric either. The interviews and the conversation, of course, went off into storytelling and reminiscing. At one point, though, Eric just had to jump in and say that there was something very special about a moment like this so many years later. I got to jump here real quick. This is like so freaking surreal because the three of us have not had a conversation together in 35 years or whatever. And I just, the voices and the familiarity just brings back so much, man. It's really crazy. Well, when I finished recording the part for the broadcast on a Caprice, I reached out and called through the studio panel another one of our dear friends from Fort Ord, Paul Carrito from Long Island. He now lives in Florida. And we just had a lot of funny conversations. Paulie was the most colorful character I ever ever met in my entire military career. And then in just sort of a very real and unscripted moment, Paulie, who is also one of the funniest people I ever met, just sort of opened up about what it all meant to him. And I thought it was a perfect way to wrap up the show. I was going to say, with all the years that we've lived, and when I look back at the days, the three years that we spent together, I mean, they they were so positive, like maybe not everybody at every moment might have thought that they were, but looking back in time, I mean, those those were good days. 
They absolutely were. As I mentioned, I want to thank Mike Alonzo, Eric Rothschild, Jim Benola, and Paul Carrito for joining me on the 2022 Veterans Day special. I'm very proud to have served in Operation Desert Storm, to have served and fought in the first Gulf War. But for me, my heart and soul will always be back on that third floor in the barracks, in the family room, Jim's room and my room with Eric and Paulie and just all the familiar faces coming and going. As I've said many times, the dream is always the same. I'm walking upstairs down that long hallway in that brown linoleum floor past those brown doors, just looking for y'all. And then I wake up and I'm disappointed. So it was great to hear your voices to all the veterans, past, present, and future. Thank you for your service this will defend, and to all of my friends back at Fort Ord from those Fort Ord days, no slack, cold steel, Bushmasters, and night fighters, bore, brother, bore. Big shout out to Alpha Company, 2nd Platoon, 4th Battalion, 21st Infantry, Light Fighter. Let's hump some clicks and chicks. Until next we speak, my name is Jason Dias, and I'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Roll call. First Sergeant Jim Vanola, New Britain, Connecticut. Eric Rothschild, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Was a cowboy I knew in South Texas. Mike Alonzo, San Antonio, Texas. His face Texas. was burnt deep by the sun. Paul Carrito. Part history, part sage, part Mexican. Joe Nunley. Caney, Kansas. He was there when Pancho Villa was young. Paul Kajawa. And he tell you a tale of the old days. Frank Mew, Jerry Resnick. When the country was wild all around. William Wisnett. Sit out under the stars of the Milky Way. Sergeant Doyle Kruger. And listen while the coyotes howl. Kenny Woods, Ron Lasker. Woo, yep. John Moya. Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Fort Sam Houston, Texas. Now the longhorns are gone, and the drovers are gone, the Comanches are gone, and the outlaws are gone. Geronimo's gone, and Sam Bass is gone, and the lion is gone. And the red wolf is gone Fort Benning, Georgia Well, he cursed all the roads and the old men Pohakalua Training Area, Hawaii And he cursed the automobile Jungle Operation Training Center, Panama Said this is no place for an hombre like I am Townsville, Australia, In North Queensland In this new world of asphalt and steel National Training Center, Death Valley, California Then he'd look off some place in the distance Operation Desert Storm That's something only he could see The Battle of Kafji He'd say all that's left now of the old days Damned old coyotes and me And they go Ooh, yep. Our days after our time in the military were as different as all of us were when we first met 
Happy Veterans Day to all of you, and may you have long lives of peace and prosperity. Now the Longhorns are gone, and the Drovers are gone, the Comanches are gone, the Outlaws are gone, now Quantro's gone, Stan Wattie's gone, and the Lion is gone, and the Red Wolf is gone. One morning they searched his adobe. He disappeared without even a word. But that night, as the moon crossed the mountain, one more coyote was heard, and he'd go.
flash 